And welcome, everybody, to the uh, Friends Reunion Reaction Show. Uh, just kidding. This is Win Pod Repeat, where the Red Sox win, and they won a lot this weekend. I hope you got your brooms, because we're going to win, we're going to pod, we're going to repeat. Spencer Wellington here with me, Sam Anthony. Spencer, how you doing? Sam, it's, uh, it's a good time to be alive right now. You know, the Red Sox are good. Uh, we're coming off of a sweep of the Yankees, and they suck. Uh, we're beating the Marlins right now as we speak. And, uh, you know, it, it's, we're, it's summertime. Pandemic's over. You know, it's good, man. That's right, man. We're throwing, we're throwing a banger in my apartment this weekend. It's going to oh, be electric. God. Everyone's going to work. We're going to have drinks flowing, some Corona lights. That's my, actually, my summer shandy's my, my drink of choice. Oh, it's definitely um, a summer but shandy. We're, we're excited. Yeah, it's a summer shandy kind of mood. I don't know what the weather's like down in uh, Washington, D.C. Dude, it's hot as uh, fuck. It's, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's it's here. But so outside smoking a cigar today, it was incredible. Wow, you are so old. Thriving, dude. No, I, you know, and I, I like to balance between being like a twenty one year old that's just discovered alcohol for the first time, um, and an old man that likes just to enjoy the simple pleasures. I, you know, I just stay at old man twenty four seven. I know you're kind of starting to lose your hair, like it. It's fine. Is hey, that too soon? Hey, hey, <laughs> hold on. Stop. Go back. Rewind. <laughs> I'm, all right I'm have a good podcast i mean that's fine i you know i could talk enough by myself i don't i don't need you, you you're sure just here can. to supplement me all right <laughs> actually you're here to provide intelligent takes i'm just here to be excited yeah about i'm it. trying to inform the people I'm yeah the somebody people i mean somebody has to, to trying to help them out give them some info yeah i just want I just want to let everyone know that Spencer told me before this podcast that he spent his lunch break watching every single fastball that Raphael Devers faced this weekend. So if you question his takes on these things, just know that uh, he he watched all of them. It's not like he just, you know, turned on MLB Network, great network, by the way, um, and just decided to watch some, you know, some talk. He, he watched it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, my takes are always correct anyway. Like, you don't need that just to believe them. Um but yeah, I, I mean, mean, if you, if you do need any reinforcement to believe that all my takes are correct, then, you know, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, so then then I'm going to start with your your first takes here. So we're going to, you know, as we're recording this podcast, the uh, the Red Sox are facing off with the Orioles in the lead right now. Um, but we're going to talk about that Red Sox Yankee series they're, they're first the at Yankee Stadium. They're, Sorry, Mariners, Marlins, whatever I just <laughs> said. Thank you. Uh, they're all the they're playing the Marlins. I don't maybe. know where that came from, but it's fine. I don't know either. Uh, it was the Corona lights talking. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but more important, they come off playing the uh, the New York Yankees. Got that first series sweep at Yankee Stadium since 2011. Um, that was two World Series ago. I just like to think about that concept. Um, so what were your, what were your takeaways from this weekend? That is wild. Um, my takeaways are the Yankees are trash and. Um, they should just, um, I mean, they're they're miserable. And I would be miserable if I was a Yankees fan um, watching that that trash team go on the field. But, um, no, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch Sunday night's game. That's one of my main takeaways from the weekend is that MLB um, and ESPN are dumb uh, because they black out every Sunday night baseball game. Like this is supposed to be your showcase game once a week that you put on ESPN that you want everyone to watch. Cause it's the only baseball game on at seven o'clock on Sunday nights. It, what are most of your baseball fans going to be tuning in on MLB TV? 
so put it on MLB TV. Like, what are we doing? You know, it's ESPN. Being and, like, and yeah, just on top of ESPN that, too. Uh, yeah, just think about the fact that um, literally today there's three games, you know? And so you're going from where basically all the action was done at 7 o'clock, and if you can't watch the, the Yankees game and your team's not playing the next day, you have two days without it. And that's one of the things baseball is just constantly being able to engage your fans. And when you're kind of just having this weird, like, what the hell? And again, it's Red Sox Yankees. It's, it's the rivalry, you know, that it should be, it should be your free game on MLB TV. It should be, we're going to provide access. We're going to, you know, and I don't know what the TV deals are with, with ESPN with that, but like, you got to do something. You got to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent with the TV deals for ESPN because ESPN just has to own everything, you know, cause they're the Kings of the sports world. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just another example of MLB being behind their times um, and not not broadcasting their product um, when they should. But anyway, aside from that, I got the good chance to uh, to that. listen to our man Joe Castiglione, and uh, he he carried me through that extra inning win last night. Honestly, you know, we won Friday night. I expected that, and then I was like, we're probably going to lose Saturday because Erod's been a little rough. Uh, but we won Saturday. I wasn't watching. I was with my family, but. Um, you know, got the score updates. Was happy to see we won Saturday, and I was like, "Well, you know, we're probably going to lose Sunday. We're not going to get a sweep. You know, that's probably not going to happen." Uh, and we were down three to one. I was like, "Yep, that's that seems right. We're probably going to lose like five to two or some something, something like that." Um, but we came back like Marwin Gonzalez, dinky home run it may have been, but he did hit the home run. It went out of the park and it tied the game. Um, Xander was clutch. Uh, we get the sack fly. And, um, so then I was like, all right, it's done. Winter soldier coming in. Um, and he did not close it down. That was, that was a little rough. Uh, but, uh, Phillips Valdez, he, he closed it out. It was kind of scary. Um, but, but he did it. Xander was clutch again. Like that dude loved that guy. So yeah, Yankees suck. And, uh, yeah. Four in a row, about to be five in a row. No, that's see, like my biggest takeaway from all this is definitely like, again, if you look at the entire body, and we'll talk more about that in terms of the Red Sox, how you feel about them. Obviously, coming off that Houston series was rough because it was it wasn't impressive. I feel like this Red Sox Yankees series is more indicative of one. It shows you why the Red Sox are more competitive than the Yankees. It shows you the fact that they have this depth. They have people that can come and do all these different things, and the timing of it. You know, they're just a competitive ball club. They know what to do with runners in scoring position. They know how to get guys around the bases. They know how to take advantage of those things. And the Yankees don't. I mean, <laughs> no team is grounded into more double plays than the New York Yankees. And, I, and that's incredible. And Aaron Boone, <laughs> with the greatest quote of the week, said, well, you know, <laughs> good teams ground into lots of double plays because, you know, they have men on the bases. It's like, no, no, no. Good teams bring them into score. Like, that's not, that's not, that's not how that yeah, works. That's, uh, that, that's like, a you're fun, like, comment. It's They're, terrible. So their defense and, and is, like, is garbage. You, you see Torres yeah. shooting balls into the into the seats, and then Lemayhu last night. He's usually you know pretty decent. He um, had that disaster of a play. So yeah, I mean they just don't have. It seems like very good fundamentals, and you're not going to be very good if you can't just play defense and run the bases. So they might want to get that fixed. Yeah. No. I mean that. <laughs> that's like the biggest thing to me is like. They they also lead in you know man like men getting out on the bases so like you said bad base running they're making mistakes um, 
you know, I know that I know that Glaber had that clutch hit, which I jinxed, by the way. I texted Spencer and I was like, LOL, Matt Veskers and said the Glaber Torres is who they want up. So I'll own that. But like the man's had three home runs this year. Yeah, I, I mean, you <laughs> bailed your ass out. I Yeah, man, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I take I take full responsibility. I own it. I was like really cocky. I was like, oh, man, dude, I literally like I was ready. I, I was ready to like send out a tweet. I was like, get the sweep ready. Like, let's go. And then like, I was like, oh, no, like I got I got way too ahead of myself. I had I had tweets ready. I had text ready for my Yankees fan friend um which eventually i sent but you know just took a little longer than i would have liked but yeah no it's fine you got bailed out you got this one which is all that more importantly that's all that matters but yeah i I liked again it just felt like again all the problems that were going into the houston series the whole devers can't hit fastballs first pitch you know first ab he just I mean, what what a fucking home run. I mean, not like a no-doubter. It wasn't like, oh, like he like got enough of it in a big swing that it like carried. He's like, no, no. Like second fucking deck. Like that was fuck literally you, fucking narrative. Exactly. It was like, fuck your fastball. Put it up into the second yeah. deck, bitch. So yeah, he uh he ruined that right off the bat, which I did say we talked on Thursday about what we were going to talk about on the podcast. And you're like, Oh, we got to talk about the fastballs. I was like, well, watch Rafi, watch Rafi just hit some dingers off of fastballs this weekend, which, you know, he hit the, hit the one on Friday. He had a couple singles off him the rest of the series. Yeah, man. And you know, like, I think that's just like important to mention. one, you're right. And I will totally admit that I was on the train of this, like, Oh no, like Devers can't hit fastballs. Like, cause, cause it's similar. Like that's what they did with, with Bryce Harper. Um, just the opposite. They figured out that Bryce Harper loves fastballs. And so teams just stopped throwing him fastballs. They just were throwing him off speed breaking. And it, it, you know, Bryce Harper's great cause he can get on base, but he just wasn't getting as many hard hits. Um, with Devers though, <laughs> You just you have to forget that like one of the biggest home runs he hit was the was the fastball home run off Araldis Chapman, you know, one of the best fastballs in the majors. Yep. So to say the man can't hit fastballs, and again, like go just going back last year, seven of his eleven home runs were off fastballs. Was his his average was two thirty nine, which was his worst among fastballs breaking and off speed, but hit seven home runs. So when he hits it, it goes a real long way. And I mean, if we're going back further. We're talking about 2017, he was hitting 282, and 2019, he was hitting 308 on fastballs. Like, he can hit fastballs. Yeah. And, and again, he talked about what, what makes him a good hitter is that he can adjust, and he adjusted to those things. And yeah, I mean, it's I overreacted. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like fastballs are going to be, you know, some huge problem for, for a guy like him. Like you said, I was watching a film of his at-bats over the weekend today, And like, it just stands out how talented of a hitter he is. Like just some of the balls, even that he's just able to foul off that are sliders and changeups and cutters and shit like that. Um, Like he can just get to anything and his bat can, can, you know, his bat to ball skills with any type of movement, he can, he can make it work. He can put the ball in play. So I think Honestly, you know, with fastballs more than anything, it's his eyes getting big, seeing that they're just throwing me a fastball. This thing's going to go straight. I can just hit a mile, you know, home run on this. Um, And his eyes just get a little too big and, and, you know, he swings through it. You know, I think we've all been guilty of that. And 
wiffle ball or softball or, you know, whatever, when a ball comes down the middle of the plate, you think you're going to hit it a mile. Um, but yeah, like there was, there was a change up that he hit um, on Saturday, I think where it was off of, uh, off of Tyon, I think. And it was a change up down below the zone um, after he's been getting fastballs and he hits this change up, you know, deep to, to like left center field. It was a fly out. But the fact that he was able to hit a ball that far, that was that low in the zone, like that should be humanly possible. Um, yeah. So yeah, just he's he's ridiculous. I'm never going to be worried about him. He can hit anything. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because you know obviously he's a young player that doesn't get as much talk and conversation as like a Vlad or a Tatis or an Acuna, but like he's very much in that realm of the young stars up and coming that in the next you know, decade are going to be the faces of the game. Um, and I mean, hey, it's great for Boston, man, that not enough people are talking about this guy. I think, I, obviously, I think in Major League Baseball, people know who he is and are concerned about him. But that lineup's just so good that yeah. sometimes he almost just gets lost in it. You know, it's not it's not like a Padres or a, a Braves where, like, yeah, they have talented players, but they don't have the depth that Boston does in terms of hitting talent. Yeah, I think he's also probably not just quite as flashy i'd say as tatis and like acuna are mm-hmm. um like he, he's not wearing like the gold chains around his neck and he doesn't have like these i don't know walk-off <laughs> hits where he's like celebrating around the bases and shit um he did have a hell of a bat flip on friday i gotta give him that but i think honestly another thing that probably plays into it is that he doesn't speak english um or at least like not to the press um yet at this point and i feel like that um, might be holding back his national popularity to this point. Um, not that baseball players ever like talk that much, I guess, but I don't know. That's just a theory I have. No, and you're hundred percent right. Like I would say like, like to, for lack of a better word, Acuna and Tatis are, are swaggy, you know, they're swaggy. And yeah. then you have Vlad who has the name recognition of the famous dad. Um, and Devers mm-hmm. is just kind of goofy. He's just kind of like funny. You see him Dude, talking to so himself. I, that was one of my <laughs> favorite parts watching his at bats today is just watching him like just be mad at himself and beat himself up. Like uh-huh. he like bit his finger after one of the swings and misses. I was like, what are we doing, Devers? <laughs> uh, I love it. It's it, but yeah, and like uh, never, like I just never change. That's that's it. Like that man Absolutely can not. do no wrong. I mean, to he's me. thirteen years old. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'd like to, you know, one day I'd like to buy a, uh, a beer for him, you know, when he turns 21, finally. I don't think he ever will, but you know, man can hope. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, <laughs> next up, not to get like a little bit more on track, but um, the other kind of note from the series, like sort of, kind of, but not, um, and you can kind of shine some more light on this was Erod got absolutely blown up in Houston. And it was like to kind of cap off like what was a terrible May for him. He was one of the worst pitchers in the month of May um, come. And, you know, he has a solid outing against the Yankees. They get the win. Um, but you you were talking to me. You took a look at some of those numbers. So why don't you uh, why don't you take it away with the analytics? Huh? I did. I, I took a look at some numbers today. Um, and honestly, um you know, I'd watched a couple of his starts back in April and he, he seemed fine. He seemed like in command and in control. I was like, Eddie's back. I'm not worried about him. Um, you know, that's a win every fifth day, uh, which it was like in 2019 when he had, uh, I don't know if he hit 20 wins, but I know he's close. Maybe he got 19. 
Um, but yeah, so th- then obviously you had some rough starts in May and I was listening to the section 10 and Jared was saying, um, you know, he's, his BABIP is, is super high. And he, so he's, he's just giving up balls. They're finding holes. Um, they're, they're singles, you know, he's going to be fine. There's, there's nothing to worry about there. And I was like, all right. So, so I wasn't worried about him. Uh, and then he kept having some, some pretty rough outings and giving up runs. And I was like, it can't just be bad Babbitt luck, you know, like th- there's gotta be something that's going on. Um, they had Cora on baseball tonight and he was saying like his cutter was flat or something like that. And his cutter didn't have the usual break to it. Um, that might be, you know, missing bats more often. Um, so like today I hadn't looked at his stats much this season. So I looked into his stats today. And so I texted you cause I was like, he's fine. Like he's, There's nothing out of the ordinary with his numbers this year. If nothing else, they're better than ever. In a lot of ways, his walks per nine are better than ever. You know, he's in the zone more than ever. He's getting more swings than ever. So his his ERA is at a 5.59 right now. You definitely don't want that. But you look at his FIP, it's a 3.69. His expected ERA is a 3.56. His expected FIP is a 3.24. I mean, what more could you want? out of a guy who's supposed to be your number two starter when sales healthy um, than that. His Ks per nine, 10.09. It's second highest in his career. Like I said, walks per nine is lowest he's ever had. His homers per nine is the highest he's ever had. Like he's just given up, you know, some, some fly balls that are getting out of the park. His home run to fly ball ratio, highest it's ever been by a huge margin. Last year, in 2019, it was 13%. Now it's 17%. So that's the highest it's ever been. Um, His left on base percentage, how many runners he's getting on base that he's leaving on base is only 66% right now. Normally you'd want that to be up in like the 75 to 80 range, which it has been throughout his career. Um, So that number is, is low. And then you look at his BABIP, just like they were saying on section 10, you know, balls finding holes. It's a 369 BABIP. That's wholly unsustainable. Um, yeah. At least you would you would hope uh, going forward. His next highest was in 2019 uh, when he had a 317. That was you know that was his his next highest. So there's really nothing to worry about. You know, I look closer into the pitches he's throwing. He's throwing his fastball less than ever, which is a good thing because his fastball has always been his worst pitch. Um, you know, his, his changeup is absolutely fine. It, Cora wasn't wrong. His his cutters having some issues, but um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, be that worried about it based on the overall numbers he's, he's posting this year. So believe in Eddie yeah, going forward, play him in your daily, daily fantasy lineups. Cause he's, he's got positive regression coming as the fantasy baseball guys say, um, there we go. but yeah, trust in so, you. And, and, and I'll build on that. Cause you know, you talk about the cutter and you talk about, you know, so I'm, I'm on baseball Savon. I love baseball Savon. It's my favorite website. And, um, you talk about it. So it's batting average against the cutter this year. Player teams are hitting 360, but his expected batting average is 251. And that, and his expecting batting average with his cutter the year before was what it was. I have it right here or not last year. Sorry. 2019 was 246. So it, it's basically, if, if we're looking at where it should be and what it's doing, it's fine. It's on that level. It, like you said, it's a, it just, it seems like a lot of bad luck and it's with everything. I mean, his fastball has a 319 batting average against a 241 expected batting average, 274 uh, batting average on the changeup, 
249 expected batting average against like like you said like it just it feels like balls are getting through holes lots of bad luck and yeah which is good because again that's going to be the thing that concerns me about the Red Sox going forward I I don't know if you saw today Nesson tweeted out a video of Chris Sale throwing at Fenway Park yep that's huge I'm so excited you need that I mean I don't want to put too uh, much faith in it but but I'm very excited yeah Oh, man. Because, yeah, man, because I was telling you earlier, man, I was looking at Garrett Richards' numbers, and uh, he has the highest average exit velocity and the third highest hard hit rate among pitchers, uh, which yeah, you, you uh, which is indicative. No, no. And you, you know what? Watching him last night, that made sense because it was like, I mean, granted, he wasn't getting crushed. There weren't a lot of big pitches, but they were just line drive singles, smack and singles, smack and singles, base hit, base hit, base hit. And like that will get you into trouble because eventually when someone does get a hold of it and you have guys on base, like that's, that's trouble for you. And, and I like Gary Richards and I think, but <laughs> getting Chris sale back is going to be huge. I mean, we talk about potential holes in this lineup and concerns when it hits the trade deadline, you know, we're in June, which is actually crazy. The fact that we're, we're two months away from the deadline now. It is crazy. Um, and the Red Sox are really thinking about being buyers um it was funny like i know we kind of like briefly mentioned it and i know it's like stupid early but i do like to kind of ponder the concept of like who the heck should the red sox go for the trade deadline because i know we talked about you know potentially getting some depth in the field um and you know some of the names that come up it's interesting because the yankees are going to be a team that makes a move i think i think they'll probably go and get Cattell Marte. that would be my my honest to god guess um it'd be very interesting to see if boston would maybe try and go and get like an Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh. You know, I know we have we have Arroyo and Chavis kind of filling in and Kike at that that second base spot, but to have the guy with the most hits in baseball fill in that spot and then bat leadoff, which is a position that, you know, again, we've <laughs> had lots of thoughts about and he really wants Kike there, it feels like, but um I I that's who I want. That my dream move would be to go get Adam Frazier because I also love the Pirates and so anyone that they would send I could still root for. Yeah, I mean I uh back when we both lived in Pittsburgh, I uh, led the Adam Frazier fan club. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big Frazier guy. Plus like he hits lead off for the pirates. So he's, you know, getting experience in that situation every day. Uh, Arroyo was, was playing second tonight and leading off and he has two hits and a walk. So, you know, maybe that turns out to be, you know, a good spot for him. He is hitting above 300. So you can't, can't really complain there, but I'd probably still rather have Adam Frazier. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Cattell Marte. I mean, that's that's a hitter right there. That's a dynamic uh, lineup-changing guy. I, I doubt Heim would make that kind of move right now when he's trying to build back the farm. Um, but, yeah, I don't really know. It's hard to know who's going to be available still at this point. You've got teams like the Cubs um, that are in first place. you got teams like the Giants in first place, um, these teams that weren't expected to be good this year and were expected to be sellers and have players available. And they're, they're you know, you can't sell these guys when you're in first place. So you kind of got to wait and see how long that lasts. Um, but we've got guys like uh, like Marwin and Kike and Hunter Renfro that are, they've been solid contributors to this point. I mean, I was pretty much ready to get Marwin off this team uh, a week or two ago when his OPS was yep. down around 550, but then he, he got a clutch series this weekend, and he makes a lot of great defensive plays. Like, I don't know what his stats are, but he 
you know, when it matters, he makes some stud defensive plays at all kinds of different oh, positions. Spencer. So, um, dude, he's a he's a pretty valuable piece, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know who you take off this team right now if you add someone. So, all right. So, I got a stat for you then, if you want to talk about Marwin defense here, because right. uh, I, yeah, it. It, I saw it today again as I was playing through Baseball Savant, as I do, because uh, even on my day off, apparently I do this. Um, he's tied for seventh in all in baseball in hours above average, um, which is crazy considering how few games he's played compared to the rest of those guys. Um, So you talk about, you know, there are some guys that don't show up in the numbers in terms of defensively, like Xander Bogarts is a guy that I don't think the numbers give him enough credit, Um, but the numbers clearly like Marwin. Um, And that's interesting because like you said, you know, he gets his OPS out of the, yeah, it's, dude, it's, (laughs) because <laughs> I, I again i'll just like i'll pull up like the leaderboards and i'll just be like oh like is there anyone because that's how i found out garrett richards you're just like you click it and you're like oh sweet jesus <laughs> like he's not good um yeah with marwin you're like pleasantly surprised and i think you know yeah I mean, what's I interesting about had, that uh... team and what they're doing oh did we have an awkward we, had, we uh there we go so hold on i'm gonna keep i'm gonna steal your thought here this is my oh, delay finally showed up um but yeah, it showed up, but only like 25 minutes in. So we're doing better. Um, but the thing with Marwin that I like too is that he can play all those different positions. Yeah, he's great defensively, but it's like, okay, like we can put him. And that's same with Danny Santana. Um, and then, I mean, you want to talk about defensively. Alex Cora said today on High Heat, um, he told Chris Russo, he said he thinks um, Hunter Renfro is one of the best defensive right fielders in all of baseball, which again, obviously, he's a little biased because he's, you know, the manager. But hey, man, Hunter Renfro's yeah. made some of the best fucking throws I've seen all year, um, and that's and that's what's nice about um, Heim and what he's done is obviously you know they don't have a lot to trade if we're talking trades, um, so having guys that give value is is good, you know. And uh, you you get over there. I just saw you have a little uh, moment. Yeah, out of Vino just got a big big K. So we're, there we we're go. Keeping track of the this current game we got going during the podcast. I'll do two man. things at one time. It's no problem. I mean, sometimes. I can't believe he's. <laughs> I just love that right you texted me. How much he pitched this weekend? I know, dude. I'm still crying when you texted me and you were like, "Sam, <laughs> who's gonna pitch for us?" Because it was like Whitlock, Darwin's in, and then uh, <laughs> Sawamura, and it was the yeah. seventh inning, and we were like, "Oh my god!" I mean, dude, the Nesson broadcast unloaded the bullpen this weekend, and then. Yeah, Whitlock came in for one out. Like I expected him to come back out and pitch at least one more inning. And I was like, no, Darwin's in Hernandez yeah. is in. I was like, what? What? Who's gonna pitch the rest of the game? But I don't know. Apparently, everybody's ready hey, like man. the playoffs. Yeah. Hey man, you know when you're when you're trying to keep up with the Tampa Bay Rays, you almost have to operate like the Tampa Bay Rays. That's fair. That's fair. That's a valid point. Yeah, I you know I like to I like to think. Uh, but hey, man, <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, I feel like people don't talk enough about the race. Uh, this is just my my thought here. I feel like the like the Rays are just like they're sl- they're sitting on top of the AL East right now, and like this Red Sox Yankees game was going up, and everyone's like, "This is the battle," you know. But it's kind of like I don't know, man. It kind of felt like that was a battle for who's going to get second in that division because the the Rays just like they're just kind of comfortable. I saw that it was something like the most home runs by it was like the most home runs by a left oh i don't remember the stat it was something about like austin meadows just mashing the yankees um but i'm really sad that i just forgot this stat here 
but we had some good ones today. So that's, you know, we can't, we can't always bet a thousand. Um, but yeah, man. All right. That's, that's all I got. I'm going to, I'm going to stop rambling. I'm losing, I'm losing control here. All right. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, it's I've been alone in my room all day. This is what Shit, we're approaching the mark of trains going off the rails. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, it was off the rails to start because I started making fun of you and, and your hair loss, but, um, <laughs> um, but now we're good. So, all right. Well, on that note, um, no, we're not I think we're going to, we're, we're going to end it here. You have a delay back. It's terrible. Well, that's why we're going to end it right here. We're going to, we're just going to kill it. You're going to yell at me when we get off and, uh, we're going to, we're going to work on this. So, all right. On that note, all right, well. we went 29 minutes without <laughs> me fucking shit up. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, episode three, Sam officially fixes his Wi-Fi. coming soon to you. Um, the Red Sox are about to get this dub here and Spencer is just going to be like, Sam, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, and that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, yeah, as always, like, subscribe, follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google uh, we got, we're on everywhere. Everywhere that they let me put a podcast, the podcast is there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at winpodrepeat. Um, and if you want to email me, you can email us at winpodrepeat at gmail.com. You know, just send us your thoughts and feelings. So, yeah, let's, all right, get, everybody. let's get a mailbag going sometime. Dude, mailbag, Twitter polls. We're going to have all of it. We're going to, we're going to engage with our, you know, where's, where's Christina Garza and Jack Sawyer, uh, are going to engage in our Twitter polls. Oh, they definitely will. There we go. All right, guys. All right, we will see you all next week. <laughs>